0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: Welcome to Season 3 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina. In this season, best-selling author Lisa Waisaki, along with Purina's teams of Ph.D. equine nutritionists and some very special guests take you on a journey through many jobs a horse can do and how to feed for each job. You'll come away entertained, along with advice and knowledge on how to best feed your favorite equine companions. Welcome to the Horse Nutrition Podcast. We have a great show for you today with the story of an extraordinary horse that you have seen in dozens of movies. We'll learn about this horse and what life is like for a horse on a movie set from Clay Lilly, who comes to us from Blanco, New Mexico. I'm Lisa Weisaki in Ashland City, Tennessee. I'm an award-winning author, editor, equine clinician, and motivational speaker who trains horses for and consults with therapeutic riding programs. And I am your host for Season 3 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast, presented by Purina. Lights, Camera, Action Today we bring you the story of Drifter, a chestnut quarter horse gelding who was destined to be a ranch horse, but who ended up a movie star. You know, from the very first films, horses have added action, heartbreak, love, and humor to the stories, and today's movie horses are no different. We all love seeing our favorite equines on the big screen. No one knows this better than Clay Lily. Clay grew up in the Wrangler business, as it's called, and is proud to be the third generation of his family to supply horses and cattle and even chickens for film and television. He and his horses have been seen in such films as Cowboys and Aliens, City Slickers, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, The Magnificent Seven. The Lone Ranger, and the list goes on. Today, we'll go behind the scenes to learn exactly what's required from a movie horse and how good nutrition keeps these horses at the ready for whatever is asked of them. And stay tuned, because it's a lot. Now, Clay, how did you get to be a wrangler in the movie business?
2: Uh, My father was a wrangler before me. Um, He's been in the business over 50 years. So I was kind of raised in this business, so that's my that was my way in. And then you know we did stunts before, and then of course you get to a certain point where your body can't take that as much as any anymore. So right, and we went in. But my part of it in the stunt end was horses anyway. So and we were always had horses.
1: So so tell me a little bit about what you all do on the set of a movie, what you provide, what services you you do, and what all is involved on the back end.
2: Well, we provide all livestock horses. Most mine are all domestic livestock, which would be horses and cattle, you know, small animals, which would be mm-hmm. uh, you know, chickens, goats, pigs, that kind of thing. But right, as far as what we do is horses for actors, horses for stunt people in background, driving horses. You know, just a little. If it's a specialty horse, in in the case like Lone Ranger, then then we get a trainer, you know, a liberty trainer, and they start. You know, we start way ahead of what we have to do to get the horses ready to do whatever we need to do for the particular show. So, um, in the background, we just have my guys that just you know they take care of the actors. We have very well seasoned. Uh, Cast horse wranglers, and then we have ND horse wranglers. So just a little bit of everybody, you know.
1: Got it. Got it. So what is life like for a horse on the set? Can you walk us through a day? I'm sure no day is typical, but just in general, what what is life like?
2: A typical day for a horse on a regular day, say a, a Monday morning, is, a you know, it's usually on the set at 7 o'clock. So that means our day starts about 5 in the morning. Uh, they eat first or they'll eat while the, my guys are eating breakfast. They'll have a little breakfast and then, you know, everybody gets warmed up and there's a lot of it depends on what we're doing. If there, there's a lot of standing around, hurry up, let's go wait, <laughs> that type of thing. But their days usually are 12 to 14 hour days uh, on set. That's a,
1: that's a long day. And so I can imagine that you have to have a horse that's pretty patient to withstand all of that. But what other qualities do you look for in a movie horse? What makes a great movie horse?
2: Disposition is, is most all of it. When you look at a script and you break it down, you see the particular horse, that, what he has to do. Then we'll go through our category of horses and go, this horse can do this. but This horse should fit this actor well and what we need to do and double him and do all the things that we need to do. And as far as the, the disposition is they just have to be quiet and just, you know, they just have to stand a lot of pressure and Mm -hmm. most horses can stand a lot of pressure and then some don't stand pressure and there's nothing wrong with a horse. If he can't stand the pressure, it's just like people, you know, everything is just, they're just a little different. And, uh, That's the way that we go about it. We start them on a set as a, we'll bring them to the set and introduce them to it in the background and move them around. If they like it, then we move them up. And pretty soon if they're cast horse, then they go into that category. If they're strictly background, they stay there. A double horse for the cast horse is more athletic then they stay in that category. And uh, that's the way we go about it.
1: So I just want to clarify, you've used the term double a couple of times, and that's just a horse who looks similar to the horse that the, the cast member normally rides, but maybe has a different skill set.
2: Yes, they have to look exactly. They can't look just similar. They have to look exactly. So whether that and- be we paint a little bit of white on their, on their forehead or take it out or on their legs, um, that's what we end up doing.
1: Right, right. I can see that. Now, mm-hmm. what about um, when um, you've got horses used in the background scene? Because I see horses pulling wagons and all of that. What kind of horses do you use?
2: Mostly quarter horses. I mean, or draft cross horses, you know. Um, we do have a couple halflinger cross horses with quarter horses, and they work real well. Um, but most all of my horses are quarter horses.
1: Is that because you're kind of down there in the Southwest and and they're just plentiful there? Or uh, would that be your breed of choice anyway, do you think?
2: That's my breed of choice anyways. And you look at Westerns, you know, you have to be really correct in what you show on film. That's the way that we try to portray it, that you have to have the right look. You know, Friesian horses and draft horses look real well. You know, Mm -hmm. and other horses, breeds look real well, but they don't fit the time period sometimes. Sometimes they do. You know, when we did 12 strong, they have to be horses like Afghanistan horses. And we used a lot of smaller horses and Mexican horses to really make that show that that was a smaller horse and create that.
1: You know, I I know you've been involved in hundreds of movies, but one of my favorites comes to mind, and that's City Slickers. I just loved that movie, and I heard a rumor that you and your dad taught Billy Crystal how to ride.
2: No, we did. Um, Billy is uh, (laughs) quite an athlete. I got to say, he's one of the easiest guys that we ever taught how to ride a horse. He, he picked it up so easily, and, and if you've ever been around a horse, some people pick it up easy, and some just don't pick it up, you know, and it's all that you put into it, but Billy's just one of those individuals that, that just really picked it up real easily, and that my dad was the boss wrangler on that show, and I worked, you know, with Billy when we rode. He roped some, He and he ended up having that horse beach which he rode on the Academy Awards. And that horse just passed away like two years ago. He called my dad and said that Beach had passed away. He kept him down there in Santa Monica. So um, quite a, quite a guy, you know, and I mean, he loved his horse. So,
1: yeah. I think that's true of of a lot of the actors. I've talked with a few who ended up purchasing a horse that they rode in a movie or a music video or something. You know, we all love horses and, and they tend to grow on you. And, and so I'm not really surprised, but I, I think it's amazing that he really fell in love with that horse and just, you know, took care of him for the rest of his life.
2: Yeah, it's just that if they do, they fall in love with them. Yeah, um, when we did uh Cowboys and Aliens, Harrison Ford fell in love with this horse and he ended up taking him home. He goes, Clay, I just gotta have this horse. And I you know, Harrison doesn't ride that much. He flies more than he rides, but yeah. he really loved that horse, you know.
1: How do you train a horse to be an actor?
2: It's it's a lot of prep work. You know, we do a lot of prep work, especially with gunshots, you know, with American Humane anymore. We start all our horses with a cap gun type situation and i they will not go they the rules lead that it's a quarter load i try to stay with primers only the less noise the better with all the technology today they can lay gunshots in and it's not that big of an issue you know because what happens is is you have to train actors you know where to be safe to shoot around the horse it just takes a lot of prep to to teach a horse the certain skill set of the shooting part of it and then it, you, it's just the individual horse for different situations, you know, that where we put them and what they can stand. And we know that what they can do on Buster Scruggs, we had the white horse that had to walk back and forth, sway to the music and different things, you know, and bow his head and stuff. And, and that's all just preparation. The horse that had to stand still under the tree with the Indians running around him and shooting and hollering and the guys hanging by the rope. And <laughs> it's just a lot of <laughs> prep work. And, you know, that's what we did between uh, the wranglers and the stunt personnel that we, that's what we accomplish.
1: Well, it's it's certainly a lot of training and patience, like c- I can see. And you've been in this industry basically since you were a child. How have uh, horses and movies changed over the decades? Uh,
2: you know, I don't know if they've changed uh, that much. I mean, the situations that they, they want to put them in today is less than they did probably years ago. You know, it was more, um, the The mentality was a horse was a tool. It's more, I've never grown up that way. And they're, you know, they're an asset to us and like one of our families. So we try to really protect that. That's the only thing that more that I can really see different than, you know, a lot of stuff now can be CGI, uh, you know, created. So mm-hmm. it's probably better off that way. in my my thoughts, you know.
1: Oh, I can see that. I can see that for sure. Now, um, we've all had that once-in-a-lifetime horse, that horse that uh, we've just can trust implicitly, or that horse that, you know, we just will remember forever. And I think you had a horse like that that you had in a lot of movies. Tell us a little bit about him.
2: Yeah, that would be Drifter for me. I mean, Drifter I got as a young horse, he was two years old from a friend of mine, Dallas Smalley, lives in Texas that was working with us. And he brought him, he was a skinny little little horse that he wasn't very big. He was, you know, probably weighed 850 pounds, but he was a young horse, but he was, boy, he was just so laid back. And at that time we were making some lay down horses and fallen horses. We made him into that, which he's he worked in several, several movies doing that. Um, and then he was a cast horse. I mean I could put anybody on him in any situation and he would take it. it, it the world could come down around him and he could just care less you know and he was just one of those <laughs> special horses. Uh, a good friend of ours, Buck Taylor and Buck just you can ask Buck about which his favorite horse is and he would tell you his drifter you know and he he we kept him till he was probably 23. I retired him I gave him back to Dallas. A good friend, that friend of mine I'd bought him from for his granddaughter, and he passed away in a pasture and just enjoying life, you know. He, we could drive him in a coach. We could drive him single. We could drive him as a team. It just didn't matter where you put him. He would do whatever you asked him to do.
1: Those horses are just so phenomenal. Tell our listeners um, a few of the movies that they might be able to see him in.
2: Oh, there! You know he was in the Patriot. He, I sent him with a friend of mine, Rusty Hendrickson. Uh, he worked in that. He worked in Cowboys and Aliens. He worked in City Slickers. He worked in uh, several of the Hallmark shows, uh, Streets of Laredo. Uh, uh, there's just so many things. Lone Ranger. He was there. I mean, I, there's list goes on. I can't probably look at a list and tell you everyone that he'd been in but he'd been in probably close to 100 films there's no doubt with commercials and everything else that he did you know live shows it just didn't matter he he was there you know
1: yeah and who are some of the actors who might have ridden drifter
2: uh you know buck taylor's one of them burt reynolds on it burt loved him i mean he said he's probably one of the best cast horses he ever rode you know there's uh Caradine David Carradine rode him a lot there were just so many different people that rode him it was it was unbelievable even Daniel Craig rode him a couple days cuz his horse got uh his cast horse got ill and I had to put him in a situation for on cowboys and aliens to get lifted off on a crane shot with him loping along and so Drifter came in and did the deal for him so you know
1: that's just amazing. Now, uh, we talked before, Clay, and um, you told me a, a scene with a helicopter that I think Drifter was involved in.
2: Yeah, that was a show called Rescue 911, where there, there was a, a kid that they recreated these accidents that happened. And I guess that this one child, a uh, young child had fell off, and it was about the helmet um, that was on the kid that saved the kid. And uh, we went to Colorado and drifter. They had, they had, we had some horses. They were on a trail ride. The horse supposedly stumbled and fell down. So we had to recreate the fall. He had to lay there with the little kid, which we, we had a, a stunt double a little girl and, uh, Julie had fell him and then we laid him down, put the little kid by him. And it was a, we had to do another camera shot with the, camera into the saddle for the impact shot to the rock, which we did. Remember fell him. Then he had to lay there with a the helicopter come in and flew, you know, over him, over the kid. They come run, got the kid. He had to lay there. He'd he would lay there and it just, you know, it was easy for him. He would do a little bit different is if you laid him down where there was grass, he might just reach and get a little bit of bite of grass, you know. <laughs>
1: I couldn't blame him for that. And oh, no. I, I'm just just amazed at the trust that this horse had in you and your team um to to have this helicopter come in um and and be so close while he's just lying there on the ground. That's just amazing. For you, it's like an everyday thing. But I think for the rest of us, this is just so amazing.
2: He was a special <laughs> horse, to say the least. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's it's funny because you just never, never forget a horse like that. I'll never forget him, and he's been gone now for probably five years. They did a great big ride up with him in the American Quarter Horse and different, you know, magazines. So a friend of mine that's a writer for horse publications, Tom Moats, wrote some some uh, articles about Drifter. So he's pretty a neat horse. He was a great horse.
1: Yeah, now we're um we're taping this kind of toward the end of what's hopefully the the COVID-19 lockdowns and all of that. I know you've kind of been sitting at home, but do you have any projects coming up soon?
2: Well, we were Friday two days away from starting. We were prepped on a show called The Harder They Fall. Um we were supposed to start on Monday. On Friday they told us to go home, which we we have been at home. We've been horses are still Right now, held in Santa Fe, we're hopefully going to start right after the holiday in July, 4th of July, and and get back started.
1: That's awesome. And then my last question for you is, I think you have worked recently on a project with Tom Hanks. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, we sure (laughs) did. We did a show. uh, It's really going to be a special show called News of the World it, it was great to work with Tom. He's such a professional. I mean, he'd never really ridden a lot and he came and told us he had to ride and drive a wagon and he did both very well. You know, I mean, he was, uh, uh, such a great, great guy to be around. He's always laughing and and just happy, you know, his demeanor around everybody was great. You know, we had quite a bit to do with, uh, with you know stunt wise and doubles and jeff dashnell did quite a bit of stuff with with him which we and my son-in-law which is you know chad dashnell we did a lot of prep with with tom riding and driving and my guys you know all you know had it mary cowsley she's my gang boss and she she did a wonderful job and and you know we had a guy for his cast horse and then we had a guy for his For his wagon, which he drove a single wagon, which was Benny Manning that took care of that. And it was really great to they got to be real close with Tom and he really trusted him. So it was great.
1: That's awesome. Well, I, for one, am going to be one of the first to see that movie whenever it comes out and however it comes out. But Clay, thank you so much for bringing us behind the scenes and telling us what life is like for you as a Wrangler and also what life is like for all of the equine actors that we see in our favorite films and television shows. Thanks. You're welcome. We're going to move now to Dr. Anna Pesta, who is a valued PhD nutritionist on Purina's Equine Technical Solutions team. Dr. Pesta, it seems to me that the nutritional needs of a movie horse might be similar to that of an endurance horse or a horse who's trail ridden all day and who does not have access to forage.
0: Yeah, I guess you could say that in terms of the amount of time they have to spend not in front of anything to eat. So even though their activity level might you know, might be more comparable to a horse in moderate work or even light work if their main job on the set is to stand in the background and look cute. Um, But in terms of how often they're able to eat and the behaviors that go along with it, yeah, I think it would be pretty similar to a horse that's in an endurance race. Um, Those horses get pretty good at knowing to eat when they're given the chance because they might not get to for a while yet. Maybe people that do a lot of long days of trail riding on their horses would understand this too. You got to make sure they have a good breakfast and then, you know, they might nibble a few pieces of grass here and there on the trail when you stop for lunch potentially. But they just know that they're going to have to wait until dinner time to have another big meal.
1: What products might we be able to feed to fix the problem of not having food on set or on the trail?
0: Yeah. As, as everybody knows, horses are grazing animals and their stomachs are expecting uh, small amounts of fiber to be trickling in there throughout the day. So ways we could try to mimic this in a horse on a movie set would be with something maybe like hay stretcher pellet. Those are just, you know, a pelleted substitute for hay, just like it sounds because As you can imagine, they might not be able to have a big hay bag sitting around on set. That's messy, would get in the way, can't have the horses uh, chewing a lot potentially. Um, So hay stretcher is a nice, compact, neat, um, pelleted way we can still provide their stomachs and their guts the kind of fiber they need to keep flowing through there to keep everything happy and moving throughout the day, so I would recommend a hay substitute pellet would be a nice option and what about the stress factor? Can you manage that with nutrition? For sure, at least we try to as much as we can um, managing horses under stress it's mostly about you know routine and All the other stuff you're doing in the barn. But when it comes to nutrition, just like I was saying about horses being being grazing animals and their stomachs are expecting something to be flowing through there for most of the day, because of that, they produce acid 24-7 rather than we do in response to a meal and then it lays off for a while. So when they go longer amounts of time between meals, that stomach acid accumulates and that's how you get you know, a higher risk for development of gastric ulcers, you get them, you know, having some gastric discomfort, a little bit of horsey heartburn. And if we can, you know, provide smaller meals more often throughout the day, and then potentially a feed through buffer or something that can help to alleviate the effects of some of that acid accumulation, that would be you know, potentially really useful to, for these horses in hardworking or stressed or traveling performance horses. We use the Outlast gastric buffer supplement quite a bit. Would
1: a feed such a strategy fed on a regular basis help with the acid?
0: Yeah, actually, we have quite a few of our performance feeds that contain the Outlast gastric supplement at this point. So, no matter what their Um, activity level or calorie need is, we have options where you can get that gastric comfort built into a variety of feeds. So if these horses are on strategy, I think that's a a perfect option for them. And they're getting the added benefit of Outlast. And then would there be any benefit to feeding a senior feed to the movie
1: horses, even if they're not seniors?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I get a lot of questions about senior feeds for non-senior horses, and, you know, truly a senior feed is called that because it's got a lot of fiber built in because horses who have poor teeth or aging digestive systems can't get all the good out of hay that they used to, so we need to make up for that and supply that good digestible fiber calories in a different form in something easy to chew, easy to digest. And for us, that would be equine senior. If they're young or have plenty of teeth or still do very well with hay, sometimes people like to feed a senior feed. Maybe if their hay is not very good or it's a little scarce and you do need some of that um, fiber replacement factor that senior brings to the
1: table Dr. Pesta, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Drifter is just one of hundreds of horses we have seen on the big screen. But this one horse touched the lives of everyone he encountered. It didn't matter if Drifter was asked to pull a wagon by a Wrangler or stand quietly for endless hours in the background of a scene or chase the bad guys with the likes of Burt Reynolds or Billy Crystal handling the reins. A film or movie set can be exciting for horses and humans alike. Even if it becomes an everyday thing, getting to the set and being on the set is always more stressful than being at home. It also takes a very special horse, like Drifter, to not only adapt to set life, but also to perform on command while there are a lot of distractions. With his steadiness, his patience, and his willingness to learn new things, along with his extreme trust in Clay Lily, Drifter will live on forever through his many movie roles. It's good to know that good care and management, along with the right nutrition, can develop the greatest potential in every single horse for whatever job he or she is destined for every day. Thank you for listening to the story of Drifter on the Horse Nutrition Podcast, presented by Purina. If you missed season one or season two, you can go back on any podcast player and take a listen to all of the past episodes. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the Apple or Android app stores and you'll find 17 different shows all about horses. Learn more about Purina's many equine products at purinamills.com forward slash full Rain. That's F-U-L-L-R-E-I-N. You can also take part in a feed trial To learn more about that, just go to purinamills.com forward slash HRN trial. That's it for this episode. Tune in next time for another story of an incredible horse.